0: Views and opinions expressed on the following program are those of the host and guests and do not necessarily reflect the policy or position of ONTV's management, staff, or board of directors. Hi there, we are live at ONTV, other known as Orient Neighborhood Television, ONTV. And I want to encourage you, if you've ever thought about doing a podcast, Go ahead and call this number, 248-393-1060. You can talk to Ian Locke or Joe Johnson. They are there to help you. And this is professional equipment. It is a live studio. And it is so much fun. So if you have anything that you want to say or talk about, they go by the First Amendment. And you can give out information if you're passionate about something. If you want to teach something, you are more than welcome to call this number 248-393-1060 and they will help you welcome to tick tock it's time to talk i'm your host helen tick and i want to thank you for being with me today And it is an absolute gorgeous day outside, and we are getting summer weather, that is for sure. It was a beautiful drive in and sunshine, and it was in the 80s early this morning already. So I thank you for listening in, and I want to talk to you today. It's time to talk about love. Everybody wants to be loved. And we were talking last time about faith, hope, and love. You have to have faith to overcome this world. You have to have faith, and it's a faith walk that we walk. This is a spiritual journey that we are on, and I just want to encourage you today to walk spiritually as well as in this world. We have to walk by faith, not by sight. We have to hope. We have a hope of an eternity which is amazing it's awesome so we're here in this world for a purpose and that's what we talked to last week about is you have hope to fulfill your destiny today we're going to talk about love and we know that everybody wants to be loved everybody wants to be loved and if a baby is born and it's not held it will die because it's not loved it's not in that nurture, and when we know that we are loved by somebody, it feels so good. We know that um, we can trust that person. We know that we can count on that person. We know that we can go to that person, and we know when we are truly loved, and this is the thing about love. You cannot fake it. You cannot fake love. You can't um, just throw it out there. It has to be genuine. And so on our faith walk and our spiritual journey, we are going to talk about God's love. And in the written word, it talks about how God is love. 1 John 4, 8. God is love. And if we don't know him, the love that we have, it's more like a carnal love. And so we blow it so many different times. And all of us are human. We do that. But God is love, and he never fails us. And that's what we're going to talk about, how, how he is love and how we have to represent that love. So we know how much God loves us, and we have to put our trust in his love. God is love, and all who live in love, and all who live in God, we live in this love. And that's what makes us different than most people that um, are trying to love but they don't know God. So this is what we need to talk about is, okay, so if God is love, he is so many different personalities. I was talking to a friend last night about the different personalities of God, and he is love, but he also tells us in the written word the things that he hates. He tells us how to walk. He tells us what things to do, what things not to do. And a lot of times when we come to God, we're like, oh, I got to take and I can't do this and I can't do that. But it's so awesome because he takes away the things that we don't need in our life. And a lot of times he just does it so easily, so simply, because he loves us. When people ask, and I think everybody comes to that point, you know, God, if you're out there, if you're real. Show yourself, how much do you love me? Do you even love me? And I want to say, everything goes to the cross. When we want to think of how much God loves us, we can stretch out our arms, and we can picture in our mind that he died on the cross. He died for us. He he died for our sin and sins. He died for all the sin of the world. And he came from a glorious heaven to come to earth, to walk the face of the earth, to show his love. He, you know, in the scriptures, it talks about how he is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. And that's found in Colossians one fifteen. So Jesus was the invisible God in the flesh. And if we go to um, the Gospel of John, in chapter 1 it says in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God then in verse 14 it says and the word became flesh and dwelt among us and we beheld his glory so Jesus was representing the father and his love and everything that he did was a display of God's love even before he went to the cross he Taught the disciples and so many different people the things of the kingdom of heaven, the things about God, and the things that we can bring the kingdom of heaven to the earth. And that's what he wants. That's why he said, Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So everything he displayed was love. And sometimes love is discipline. Have you ever disciplined your kids and said, This is going to hurt me more than it hurts you? discipline is love and I did daycare for many years and knowing that kids want discipline they want to know that they are loved they don't want just to have a free will of just going any way and any which way and no discipline otherwise they're so chaos and so confused so they'll scream sometimes for discipline So discipline is love. And sometimes it says, even in the the word, it says that our Heavenly Father will discipline us. So discipline is love. And God's love is amazing. And anybody out there that doesn't know or has never experienced his love, it is so tangible. It is so real. And this is the thing that I want to say is, Sometimes we can be in a religion, we can sit on a pew, we can go to church seven days a week, but if we don't experience and feel God's love, then we we are missing out so much and I know when I first started seeking God, you know brought up and raised in a religion but didn't know him it's one thing of knowing about him it's another thing about About knowing him. And so I searched, and one day I remember sitting in my living room and just thinking about who he was and, you know, how huge he is. And all of a sudden I felt his presence just come over me. And it was so overwhelming. And I knew that it was him. And it was something I never felt before and it was tangible like i could feel the presence of god like if some if you closed your eyes and somebody was standing in front of you you would know that they are there you would you would sense it with your senses you would feel the presence of them being there and that's exactly what i was feeling was the presence of god and it was so amazing and it just caused me to cry and And to really kind of weep because it was like, I knew this was God. And I was so overwhelmed that he was coming to me. You know, sometimes we seek him, we talk to him, we give our prayer request. And then we get up and we leave before we take time to feel his presence, before we even stop to listen to what he has to say. So I want to encourage you, listen, take time out to stop. And feel his presence. Take time out to just be still and know that he is God. Take time out of your day to be thankful and to look at your surroundings. Whether you're inside, you can be thankful for everything that you see around you. You can be thankful for when you look in the mirror and see yourself. Thankful for eyes that see and ears that hear. Thankful for our senses. Thankful for everything we can touch everything that's around us. We can be thankful for our homes, thankful that we wake up every day. And with that, we, when we are thankful, then we realize how much God loves us because he's given us all of these things. And then when we go outside and we can look up and we can see his creation, we can be thankful. And knowing that he created all of this because he loves us, and he loves us so much, and he loves us so unconditionally. And so when I was in my living room and I was feeling his presence, the thing I kept thinking of, and I was even saying it out loud, out of all the millions and billions of people in the world, you love me. And I was just taken back. And over 30 years later, I'm still amazed and in awe of the love that God has for me. And then when I think about what Jesus did on the cross, there's no greater love than that. Sometimes we can say to each other, I love you. And sometimes we say it without really even thinking it. And we just say, I love you. Sometimes um, if you're dating or whatever, sometimes that word comes out, I love you, you know, and it's like, do we really mean it with all of our heart? Are we really saying it with our affection and in our heart feelings? And so we want to feel that we want to give love, but we have to know that we really, really mean it. And when God loves us, he really, really means it. He loves every single body on the face of the earth. It doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter where you came from. It doesn't matter what nationality. It doesn't matter how rich or how poor or, or anywhere in between you are. It doesn't matter what job you have, what job you don't have. It doesn't matter even if you're a drug addict. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what background. It doesn't matter if you're a prostitute. It doesn't matter. He loves you. And there's so many um Scriptures in the in the word that gives so many um, examples, you know the woman at the well and um, the prostitute and all of these things that Jesus displayed his love. but when we look at the cross and we think about, is there anybody in the world that I know that would die for me a husband a sp- a wife, a sister, a brother, a true friend. You know, we might casually say, you know, I I would die for you. And when it comes down to it, would we really die for that person? Would we really um, stand in harm's way, if there was harm's way? Would we stand in the gap for that person and push them aside and take the brunt and die for a person? Well, that's what Jesus did on the cross. He stood in the gap for us, for our sins, for our trespasses. You know, we all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. We all have sinned, and we try not to sin. And when he went to the cross, he knew that the world was in trouble because of sin. And he knew that we needed a Savior. He knew that. We, Our destiny was going to be in bad shape. Our destiny would be eternal hell if he didn't come to this earth to die on the cross. And he came to the earth completely as a man, a, completely as a human being. And he did not do anything that was as God. He couldn't. Otherwise, he couldn't go to the cross. And that's why, you know, even the ones that were on the cross next to him said, you know, if, if you did all these miracles, then take yourself off the cross. He could have, but he had to go all the way. And that's why sometimes we have to examine ourselves. Are we all in? Are we all in this walk with God? Are we all in or are we just in and out, in and out? Are we one day we're on fire for God, next day, because trials and tribulations, we're just like, oh, I can't do this. We have to examine ourselves every day. We have to see how much we want to be in this. Are we all in? And I know Jesus was all in. He was all in. And, you know, he proved it even in the Garden of Gethsemane, you know, when he was praying and he said to the Father, you know, not my will, but thy will be done. But if you can take this cup from me, then take it away because he knew what was going he was going to bear and he did not have that cup taken away he went to the cross all the way and when we study the cross and we see what he did at the cross his beard was plucked out you know not just one hair i mean they grabbed it and pulled it out and beat him in the face and and blindfolded him and would punch him and say you know they would mock him and say well prophesy and and tell us who just hit you and they spit in his face and you know they they didn't just spit they probably just coughed up a loogie or whatever and I don't mean to be gross but it was a gross death a gross gross torturous death that he bore and sometimes we don't even think about it you know Oh, we went to the cross, we wear crosses, but the love that he had for us to go all the way, all the way in to the cross, and he knew that he was going to be beaten and tortured, and it was very torturous. And so when they put the thorns on his head, you know, sometimes we don't even think about what that was like. We think, oh, he just had this crown put on his head, yeah, it had thorns but we don't think about how the doctors have researched and said those thorns went into his skull you know hit his nervous system and he was foaming from the mouth and he, his body you know was reacting to what was happening by the thorns being in his head and they didn't they were not nice about putting it on his head at all when he went to be scourged and was beaten 39 times it says that there was glass particles, there was hooks, and I just recently heard um at Easter time that there was even um, metal weights that were put in the scourge thing that they um, the, the whip that they put upon his back, and they the doctor was saying how the weights were put in there so that it would hit his muscles so that the veins would pop. And the blood would pour out. And so we know what it's like to have a Charlie horse. And it's extremely painful. But to have, like, Charlie horses in your body all over. um, And to have every vein popped. and, And blood bursting. You know, these are the things that he went through. And we don't, a lot of times, think about it. And it was because of his love for mankind his love for each and every one of us. And so if you ever doubt, am I loved? God, if you're out there, do you love me? Show me how much you love me. Well, he can show you by giving you a mindset of what the cross was like. And there again, we have to go to the imagination station. We have to imagine in our minds what it was like. We have to go to the word of God to find out these things. And that's how I started learning, you know, when I started reading the word on my own and going to Bible studies and stuff and listening to teachings on the cross and the four gospels and Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, they talk about the cross, the death, burial, and the resurrection of the cross. And that's one main reason why he came was to go to the cross. He first came to be born he was born of a virgin he walked the face of the earth he taught disciples 12 disciples and he taught many thousands of people there was crowds of 5000 he didn't have a microphone you know they they didn't have any of that but he had a tone of voice that would get people's attention and children were there and yet everyone heard him and he taught on what the kingdom of heaven was like and he did many 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 miracles and i love the scripture that says you know if it was written every miracle that he did the whole world could not contain all the books that would be written about it that just blows my mind he poured himself in day and night he would go up at night to the mountains to be alone with the father and to get filled back up and that's that's why i believe in a lot of self development and Um, encouraging yourself and and every time you talk to somebody and help and encourage somebody you are releasing a lot from yourself so you have to fill yourself back up teachers and pastors and evangelists and and not even just them if if you are an encourager if you are a teacher whether um secular or christian or whatever. You are giving of yourself and you have to fill yourself back up. You have to teach and get more knowledge. You know, just like a doctor, they go to school and they do what they have learned, but technology is constantly changing. So they have to keep up on the learning and they have to keep learning for themselves so that they can advance in modern medicine and being a doctor. If they were still... 20 years ago, with the medicine that they had, they would be outdated doctors. So they have to continue to learn. And that's the thing is we continue to learn of what Jesus did at the cross. And we continue to learn what he did before he went to the cross. And that's what he did is he gave of himself and he poured himself day and night. And then he would go at night and to be alone. Different times during the day, he would be alone so he could relax, so he could fill himself back up, so he could pray to the Father and ask, what do these people need? I want to give them everything that they need. And that's why he always did miracles. And he would say, everything that the Father has done, everything I see him do, I am doing. Everything I hear him say, I am saying it to you. So he would have to be so in tune. That's why he'd go away and get filled up. So that's what we are to do. We are to have a prayer life and get filled up. It's an awesome life. It's a very disciplined life that we live, but it's an awesome life. It is a rewarding life. You know, um, the Beat in Matthew 5, where he said, blessed are the those that hunger for righteousness, for they shall be filled. And it It talks about all the things that we can be blessed with. Blessed are those that want to know God. They will see God. Blessed are those that hunger and thirst. So we want to hunger and thirst for God. We want to hunger and thirst for righteousness. We want to know him. It's all about the knowing. It's all about the relationship. And we can know him. And it first begins at the cross a lot of times because We are so broken, and everything that pertains to our life goes to the cross. So I want to encourage everyone today, go to the cross. If you don't have a Bible, I want to encourage you to get one or go online or go to a a dollar store even, Family Dollar or Walmart or anywhere has Bibles. Pick yourself up a Bible or go to a yard sale or go to a... um, A lot of estate sales, they have Bibles. And I want to encourage you to read the Word because He is the Word. And the more that we get the Word of God in us, the more of Him we have in us. And then He pours out His Spirit in us. He's the most awesome thing that can happen in our life. So know that you are loved. Everybody wants to know that they are loved. And God is so good. He gives us each other. Um, to love each other with and the more that we know God the more that we can love with a true love and give it to others and they will feel it they will know that they are loved and and it's so exciting to be filled with God's love and then to give it away it it feels so good to even do that so we can know him and know that he loves us and we, we literally put our trust in his love. And when we do, we know that he dwells within us. He loves us. And that knowing that God loves us no matter what, and we pick ourselves up so many times and we keep going on. We press toward the mark of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus and we keep going on. You know, the, it says in the scriptures. The righteous fall, but they get right back up. And the enemy of our soul will try to make us fall. And he uses people all the time, or he'll use circumstances to discourage us. And one of the greatest things that he uses us with us is to be offended. You know, it's so easily to be offended, but we have to learn and train ourselves not to be offended. We will not go through this life without being offended, but it's how do we handle it? How do we react to it that matters? And it's, like I say, it's a disciplined life. It's something that we have to learn and to educate ourselves daily. So by knowing him and learning of him, we, and this is the thing, this is a key thing. So many times we can be teaching the word of God. We can be preaching the word of God, but the Bible says if we don't have love, then it's all in vain. It does not mean anything to God, and this is the thing. We are ambassadors for Christ. We are to be an ambassador is a diplomatic agent of the most high rank. I looked that up in the dictionary, and I love looking up words and and finding out the meanings of words, so think about that. If God says that we are an ambassador, if we look at an ambassador that represents a country, say we are an ambassador for the United States of America and we go to a different country. Okay, so we represent our country. We are representing, we are a diplomatic agent that is representing our country. We're representing our president. We're representing the people. our country. We're representing what our beliefs are and how we represent our country, you know, um, how we do things. So if I am an ambassador for Christ, I am a diplomatic agent of the most high rank. So yes, we can hold our heads high, not in pride or arrogance, but we can represent the kingdom of God. You know, here again, the Lord said, in the in the scriptures in the our father our father who art in heaven we want to praise his name but he says thy kingdom come thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven so he the father wants the kingdom of god to come to the earth so that we can do the miraculous just like jesus did so we represent the kingdom of god we represent Christ. Everything Christ did, we represent him. And that's why people say to us, and you call yourself a Christian? Yes, sometimes we blow it, but we have to pick ourselves back up. And this is the thing. We have to have a mindset that I want to be like Christ. I want to represent him well. I want this world to know love. This is a dying world and it's getting darker and the world needs love. I think of that song. Excuse me. I think of that song that um, back in the day. were, And the world needs love. And I'm not going to sing to you, that's for sure. Um, but the world needs love. Um, love, sweet love. And it does. And every person needs love. Whether you're Christian, non-Christian, you want to know that you are loved. So know that God loves you. Know that we love you. As Christians, we are to love, and we are to manifest the love of Christ. And yes, it is a disciplined love life. It, is, it does take work, work because everybody's not easy to love. So this is why it takes work. You know, the, the scriptures say, you know, we can speak with tongues of men. We can speak of um, tongues of angels. We can have gifts of prophecy. We can have understanding of all mysteries. We can have faith that moves mountains. And people look at us like, wow, they have so much faith. And we want to be next to them and and be like them. And then they look at us and say, get away from me. You know, that's, that's about me, you know. People can have wrong attitudes, even if they're doing all of these things. If our attitude's not right if our heart's not right, it's all. It's not really even about us. It's about Christ and what he did on the cross. And there was no greater love, what he could do, than on that cross. So we can even, it says even in the scripture, we can give to the poor. We can give everything. You can be a multimillionaire billionaire and you can give it all to the poor. But if you don't have love, I mean, a good example would be like Scrooge, having the attitude of a Scrooge, you know, and does not have love. We don't want to not have love. We, You know, it even says you could even burn your body. I mean, think about that. Oh, wow. I'm burning my body, you know, and I'm doing this. But if you don't love, and what did, what did God mean by that? If you don't show God's love. If you don't love the way Christ love, if you don't see people the way that he sees them, then it's all in vain. And like I say, it is not easy. It's easy to love the ones that we love. It's easy to love our spouse. It's easy to love our kids, our grandkids. It's easy to love um, our our cousins, our aunts and uncles most of the time. And sometimes we have family members that are really tough to love. And, it, and sometimes we have to give them tough love. Sometimes we have to give our kids tough love. But when people treat us wrong and when people do us wrong, you know, it says, love your enemies. Is that easy to do? Absolutely not. It's not. It's a learning process that we have to learn. So that's why it says in, in the scriptures about love, love suffers long. It really does. Sometimes you will suffer many things in this life because you are given love. You know, when Jesus went to the cross, he was silent at times. You know, they would punch him and he didn't say a word. We would want to retaliate and punch back, but he didn't. And he is our example. And he was like a sheep going to slaughter. When a sheep is going to be slaughtered they are silent and that's how he was and it says love is kind it's not envy it's not boastful and boastful of yourself and sometimes that's where pride gets in we're like hey i i did this you know i did this great thing you know hey look at me and it's so easy to do and sometimes we have to be very careful and check ourselves you know am i doing this about is it all about me Or is it about to help somebody else? Is it about somebody else? Is it about representing Christ? All of these things we have to think about. And so when we are filled with God's love, there is no pride because God, these are two things that God hates, pride and arrogance. And we all know people that are very prideful and we know people that have a lot of arrogance. And sometimes It's even in us. And sometimes we don't know it. Sometimes we need other people to tell us. Or sometimes we need God to check us and tell us. And that's why he's a father that corrects us. And that's why he's such a good father. So love, it doesn't rejoice in in sin. It doesn't rejoice in laughing at others. It doesn't even rejoice in if um, God has to correct somebody or if God is punishing somebody because of their sin, we are, you know, it says we are not to laugh at anybody's calamity or the Lord will take it away. So these are the things that we don't do when we have love and love rejoices in truth. We get excited about truth because truth prevails. You know, Jesus is the truth, the way, and the life. No, truth is not always pretty. It's not always um, pleasant to look at But we know that if we have truth, we are free. The Lord said that the truth shall make you free and you shall be free indeed. So we want to rejoice in truth. We want to rejoice in knowing truth. There is so much deception in the world today. And I want to encourage everyone to desire truth. Desire truth like David did. Desire truth in your innermost being. Because if you don't desire it, it's a choice. Choose truth truth or choose a lie you know sometimes there's things that are black and things that are white there's no in between and that's why we have to choose you this day whom you're going to serve and it is you know good or evil it is jesus or satan and sometimes we don't like to hear that oh that's nonsense that's nothing but bull well when you look at destinies you know it's heaven and hell these are heaven and hell issues. There's a lot of things that are heaven and hell issues. Our walk with Christ has to be a walk of love. It has to be. And we have to overcome the world by faith and using love. And so love, it bears all things. And love believes and it hopes and it endures. And, and this is the greatest thing. When we love, The Bible says it never fails. We can't say never. We can't say, I will never do that. You know, um, I remember growing up, there was a young girl. She saw somebody that was pregnant, and she was like, I will never do that. And next thing you know, she was pregnant. And even as a teenager, I remember when she said, I will never do that, there was something in me that said, Ooh, that's not good to say. And the next thing I know, she was pregnant. And I was like, wow. And I, that, I did not know about reaping and sowing. I did not know about the power in the tongue. I did not know any of that. And I didn't even know that we cannot say, I will never, because we don't know what a day brings. But when God says never, there's some things that he says. Love never fails. He also says that his people will never be ashamed. And so that's why he loves us so much. And this is why when we come to the cross, when we come to the knowledge that Jesus loves us, no matter what we have done, if we repent of our sins, he says that he never remembers it again. As far as the East is from the West, God never remembers remembers it again. Well, we might ask why do we remember it? You know, if he loves us so much and he forgets it, why can't we forget it? First of all, sometimes we need to forgive ourselves. That is one number one thing is we go to God, we ask him for forgiveness. Sometimes we have to go to people and ask for forgiveness, but sometimes we have to go to ourselves and forgive ourselves for some things, because sometimes we are our greatest enemy and we can't get over some of the things that we have done because we feel so much shame. Well, God says, my people will never be ashamed. And he means what he says. He's a God of his word and he he means what he says and he says what he means. And so when he says, my people will never be ashamed, he means it. So I want to encourage you today, if you've ever done anything, no matter what it is, I mean, there are so many, so many sins that we don't like sharing. We don't want to um, even let people know about. There's some things in our closet that we don't want people to know about. And I just want to encourage you, go to the Father and repent, forgive yourself. And when he forgives, he doesn't remember it again. The thing I have learned that when you know, we say, why do we remember it? It's because he wants us to remember it so we don't do that sin again. He wants us to remember how bad we felt, and he wants us to have that, that red flag. Oh, I don't want to go there. I remember the consequence I suffered. I remember the pain I suffered. I remember the pain I caused other people. I don't want to do that again. So we know what we've already been through. We know that we don't want to go on that path again. We don't want to go around that circle again. We don't want to have to learn that lesson again. So that's a lot of the times why we remember our own sin. But like I say, everything goes to the cross. When Jesus died on the cross, You know the suffering that he bore, it says in Isaiah that by Jesus' stripes we are healed. There's healing for ourselves. Jesus died so that we would have healing. And a lot of times there is healing in our body that needs to be healed. There are so many listeners right now that need to be healed. And in the name of Jesus, all sickness, all disease can leave your body in the name of Jesus. And he's given us the authority in uh, I want to say it's um, Matthew 18. I'll have to look it up. But there is a scripture that says, I have given you all authority to tread upon snakes and scorpions and to overcome all the power of the enemy. He's given us all authority and power. Well, where does that come from? It comes from his name. Because when Jesus died and he rose again from the dead, he said, now all authority and power has been given unto me in heaven and in earth. So this is the greatest thing about how God loves us so much and the things that he has given us. He's given us the keys to the kingdom. He's given us his name. And he said, whatsoever we bind on earth is bound in heaven. Whatsoever we loose on earth is loose in heaven. So we have that power to do these things. So we have the power to even speak to our own body or to lay hands on on people and pray. If we have the spirit of God in us, then we are allowing Jesus to move through us. So the things that he did on the cross, we have healing, healing for our bodies. But it's not just that. It, you know, Jesus raised people from the dead. Jesus healed the lame. He healed the blind. He healed the deaf, the mute. He healed leprosy and all sicknesses and diseases. Thousands of people would come and he healed. And the scripture said he healed every one of them. And everyone that he healed, they were made whole. They did not ever have to go back to him again for healing. And that's how he wants us to be, is to be healed. By Jesus' stripes, you are healed. But it takes us to believe it. It takes us to use that faith to believe in the name of Jesus. And other times we need healing in our mind. Sometimes, even through thoughts, you know, the enemy wants to bombard us with thoughts. And sometimes we feel so sickened by the thoughts. You know, sometimes you can say, Where did that thought come from? It's such a gross, wrong thought or whatever. And all we do is repent of that thought. But sometimes the mind needs to be healed. Sometimes. In our emotions, we need to be healed in our emotions. Um, we, you know, we are damaged people before we come to the cross. And even after, there are things that are said, you know, we used to hear back in my day, sticks and stones, uh, wait, how's it go? Sticks and stones may hurt my bones, but names will never hurt me. Sticks and stones may break my bones, but names will never hurt me. Well, that is a lie because, yeah, sticks and stones may break my bones, but names and words, they do hurt and they go deep into our spirit and, and in our mind. And sometimes it's so hard. That's why sometimes it's very hard to forgive somebody because it goes over and over in our mind and the enemy will play back and play back and rewind and rewind. But we, can have healing in our mind. And the greatest battle that we fight sometimes is in our mind. But Jesus can heal our mind. He can heal um, any brokenness, anything that has to do with our mind, our emotions, our body. He can heal our spirit. Sometimes our spirit's been so broken. People have pierced and said things, that you know, cut like a knife. And... He can heal all those. So by Jesus' stripes, we are healed. And so he, there's healing in the cross. The blood of Jesus washes away sin. You know, when he died, he He washed away the sin. And um, one episode we'll do about the blood. The blood is so powerful that there's songs about the blood of Jesus, but it is so powerful powerful. The blood of Jesus speaks. Our blood speaks. Our blood is life in our body. His blood gives us life and it gives us life. That's why when we take communion and the blood represents life, we are taking the blood of Jesus, not literally, but it is partaking in what he did at the cross. So there's so much that happened at the cross. Then he died and he was buried in a tomb, and he actually went to hell. You know, he went to hell, and on the third day, he arose again. Well, what did he do in hell? Have you ever thought about what hell is really like? Some people don't believe in hell, but there are so many scriptures on hell, so many. And there's so many testimonies of people that literally have been in hell. And, I mean, you can YouTube it of people that have been in hell just like you can YouTube people that have literally had experiences in heaven. Well, hell is real, and it's not a place that we want to go to. And, you know, we are coming in a closure of time, and we need to know these things. We need to know what Jesus did for us and what he did at the cross and why he did it. So he did go to hell, and he did go for every single man, woman, and child. He went for every tongue, tribe, and nation— doesn't matter who you are what nation what nationality he went to hell for us and so this is the thing that we need to realize is the things that he did at the cross he went to hell and he was there a while and the stench and and the all all of it and he took the keys of hell oh, the he took the keys of death and the grave and so and he took the authority that satan had when Adam and Eve fell and now he took the authority from Satan and he bound him and it says that he stripped him of any, any authority that he had and so he bound him and then he displayed them in the heavens and it was an amazing thing that he did and you have to study the scriptures and we'll talk later on that. But he went to hell, and then on the third day, he arose again. And this is what we need to really go to the imagination station. What was that like? I mean, there was a, a rumbling, tumbling in the earth, and he arose by the power of the spirit of the living God. He arose again from the dead. Then he went to the heavens and displayed Satan being bound in all of the fallen angels being bound and he took their authority and power away. And so not that he does not have power, but he does not have authority. The enemy does have power, but not authority. That's why the Lord has said that the authority has been given to him and he has given it to us. So when we are filled with his spirit, that's why he said to the disciples, go. He appeared 40 days after he before he ascended to heaven and he displayed himself and so he said go to the upper room and you shall receive power from on high to be my witnesses so they waited until they received the power of the holy ghost the power of the spirit of the living god that same power that raised jesus from the dead they had dwelling within them and he said in acts and it's for you And for your sons and for your daughters and for whomsoever is afar off, that meant for us. It's for anybody who believes and wants to receive the power of his spirit, that same power. And then it talks about how we walk in resurrection power, that we walk in the finished works of the cross, and we walk in the fullness of God. The fullness of the Godhead dwells within us. And oh my goodness, to meditate on that, to think about that alone. I mean, it takes days and and lots of time to to wrap your head around it, to comprehend what it is that we have. We have so much that God has given us. And that's why he's worthy to be praised. That's why he is worthy to be to clap our hands, to shout unto God with a voice of triumph. That's why he is so worthy of all of our praise that's why he's so worthy to from the rising of the sun to the going down of the same his name is to be praised and these are why we do what we do and we might look silly doing it but oh well he's worthy and that's what counts so i want to encourage you today to be filled with god's love to seek out the kingdom of god to to know who you are in Christ, if you have the Holy Ghost, then then praise him with all your heart. You know, Paul said, stir up the gift that's in you. Start rejoicing. Start thanking God. Think of 10 things to thank God for when you wake up. 10 things to thank God for when you go to bed. Think of things to rejoice in and to, to praise him. You know, in the book of Psalms, David taught us how to praise God you know, dance before him, have the sound of the, the timbles sound, um, you know, the sound of the high sounding cymbals and the instruments of strings and harps and the, the flutes. And I mean, so the tambourines and um, all the horns and all of these things that we, you know, we love music, right? I mean, Music can make us happy, and that's why we have to be careful what we're listening to, who we're listening to, because whatever brings that joy, that, that joy that, that comes from that river of life that lives within us, joy unspeakable and full of glory, I gauge myself by the joy that I have, and if I'm feeling down, or if... Um, there's negativity around me, and if I can't change the atmosphere and bring joy and, and make people um, think or make think people uh, not laugh, I don't want to always be about laughter, but laughter does good, look like medicine, not joking around all the time, but you can say things that uplift people. Sometimes you can walk in the store and just smile at somebody, and it literally makes their day, and you can tell it. I was at the park the other day. Here's an example. This was so awesome. I was at the park by myself, and I go back to this one place that's all by myself, and, and then I, was, um, I could hear music, and I could hear people by the um, basketball courts, and my car was parked over there. I thought, well, it's time to go. I better see what's going on over there. They're kind of loud. Well, I got over there, and it was just one kid. He was a young teenager. He had his car parked there, but he had a speaker, and he was playing basketball by himself. And I wasn't feeling the greatest, so I thought, well, if I was, I would ask him if you didn't mind if I played basketball with him. So I was just watching him, sat in my car, and then I really didn't say anything to him. But when I went to leave, I said, well, I hope you have a great day. And he looked at me, and his face lit up, and it was like, oh, my gosh, thank you. And you also, you have a great day, too. And... I could tell I made his day. And I was like, man, I should have talked to him earlier. So we never know what a person's going through. But we are to be encouragers. We are to encourage one another. And if you're down, find somebody that can lift you up. But be filled with God's love. And if you're not um, getting God's word, study the cross. Know that God loves you with an everlasting love. Know that he loves you enough to die for you. If you don't understand, you know, if you love me, Lord, where are you? He never leaves you. He never forsakes you. He's omnipresent. He hears you. I want to encourage you to talk to him, cry out to him. He hears your cry. He's your father. He is an awesome father. He is a good father. He sent his son to die on the cross for us. And and that's why, Jesus was the display of the Father. He was the the display of God to us. That's why, you know, his word does say that he was the image. Jesus Christ was the image of the invisible God. He was made flesh and he dwelt among us. And we can know him by his spirit. And yes, we can feel his spirit is tangible. And when we cry out to him, when we praise him, he says in his word that he inhabits the praises of his people. What does that mean? When we praise him, he inhabits us. We can start feeling his presence. And that's why we look funny by, by sometimes lifting our hands or, or, you know, however we choose to worship. And sometimes people can get radical. The very first time I saw anybody really worship was uh, I The first church that I got filled with God's spirit, it was in a theater that was made into a church in um, uh, Deerfield Beach, Florida, and there was um, an older couple there. I put my girls in the nursery, and there was just this older couple, and I started talking to them, and then there was a young man that came in, and nobody else was there. There was no music or nothing, and he just went to the altar. He started singing and shouting. Next thing you know, he was lifting his hands. He was like, it was, I now see and realize that it was the spirit of God that fell on him or just, he was inhabiting. And he ended up running around. (laughs) And I was like, okay, this is really different. This is strange. But I knew that it was real. It wasn't fake. And he came up to me and shook my hand. And he was like, praise the Lord. And I was like, Oh, my gosh, whatever you have, I want it. I was desperate. I was so desperate for love because I knew it was tangible, and I knew it was real, and I knew it wasn't fake, that it was genuine, and I wanted it. And some of you have never tasted God, they've, that you've never felt the presence of God. And I want to encourage you, no matter who you are, no matter where you are, no matter where you're at in life, call upon Jesus. He is there for you, and he will never leave you. He will never, ever, ever forsake you, and it's the greatest thing to know. And it's the greatest thing to know that we are forgiven. You know, there, uh, I'll quick say this. There was a testimony I heard. There was a lady that went to heaven, and she said that she seen a man. There was a man that murdered his mother, and she she was a godly woman, and she went to heaven, and evidently, there's a um, the river of life that you cross over, and this man was in prison, and somebody witnessed to him and told him about Jesus, and he received Jesus, and he um, he was saved. But when he, but he was so he did not forgive himself, and he was so overwhelmed by what he did to his mother, and it said that when he went to heaven. Uh, I don't know if it was apostle Peter that met him or whatever. And anyways, they were saying, you know, come, come in the water. And he went just a little bit. But he didn't feel like Jesus, that he was deserving of Jesus' love. And he was so distraught about what he did to his mother. And then his mother came and met him and said, I love you. And she stretched out her arms and said, come, walk in the river of life. And so he did. And so I want to encourage you, walk in the river of life. So I just want to thank you so much for joining me. And I just thank you that you were listening with me today. And I hope you were encouraged on this, this spiritual walk that we're on. Everybody has their own level where they're at spiritually. And it's okay, no matter where you're at. Just keep seeking God. Just keep pressing in. Just keep talking to God. I thank you for joining me. Have a blessed day. Until next time, be blessed. Let God shine upon you.